Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another bounce. As always, I'm Spencer Brown. Joining me tonight, we have Dalton Bishop. Hey, Spence. And we have the uh, now world famous Christian Ernst. Christian, how's what it going? Up? What's up? How y'all been? Oh, we've good. all been good. Just enjoying, you know, exciting uh, sports going on, especially with yesterday. College basketball is back now. Um, what should be an exciting year. Hopefully, uh, you know, no COVID pauses with any teams. We can get a tournament back to normal. I'm excited for that, but we don't have much college basketball news. This is one day in. I do have a couple of NBA stories I do want to discuss. Um, you know, as of now, we're recording. Is Cade Cunningham versus Jalen Green, the top two picks from the drafts going on? But also, in the past week, you have Suns owner Robert Sarver in a story that it just keeps getting worse and worse for some people. He's been accused of, at last I checked, over 70 people have accused him of saying some racist things, misogynistic things. Overall, not a very, not very nice things he just said. And, you know, and if, if here, it's like everybody has a phone now or some kind of recording device. And they're going to catch you if, you if you say these stuff. And his thing, if it was one or two people, Maybe you could less like maybe seventy people is a habit. Like you had, you clearly had no filter, and this is clearly who you, clearly who you are. If seventy people have accused you of these things. That's bordering on Donald Sterling level things. I know I don't know if there's any um, audio of it that's been released yet, but yeah, come on, we all remember Donald Sterling back in the day, Clippers owner, forced to sell his team after um, some racist comments that came out of him about him. So. Again, it's still an ongoing story. He still owns the Suns right now. Um, I think he also might own the Phoenix Mercury, too. Yeah, he does own the Phoenix Mercury. So, again, they, they forced Donald Sterling to sell a team, and it would not surprise me, um, as the investigation is ongoing, what they decide to do with these. But uh, I'll turn it over to Dolan now. Um, your thoughts on the story that, again, it's still it's still very early in the stage, but it's also ongoing. So, Dolan, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, it's crazy. Uh, um, no, no, uh, different than what you've, uh, said already. I can, um, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's nuts. <laughs> I, I don't get it. Uh, I don't get why somebody could possibly say all that stuff, uh, out loud, mind you. Um, especially with the world that we live in today. Yeah. Christian, you have any, uh, thoughts on Robert Sarger and, uh, accusations he has against him right now um it's pretty sad honestly you know um understanding you know what we've been through as a nation and as a world uh in you know the last year and a half has kind of been eye-opening on some of this language that does happen behind the scenes of some uh sports organizations you know john gruden with the las vegas raiders you know, Sterling back in 2013, 2014 with the Clippers, and now with the, uh, with the Suns owner, it's like it's kind of pathetic how people, um, you know, har- you know, harass uh, others based on their race and gender, ethnicity, and other stuff. Um, it creates a toxic environment, and it kind of explains why Phoenix for a long time. Uh, both WNBA and NBA have not been the most successful of teams in this past decade, 15, 20 years because of ownership and just the culture 
uh, around Phoenix. So uh, he should be he should feel ashamed, honestly, that he act towards this way. And like you said, Spencer, if it was one person <laughs> making a wild accusation, um, then I'd be like, okay, we're probably not going to believe in him. But if it's over seventy plus people, yeah, that's there's something real to that. So you know, hopefully he'll be able to sell the team. Um, I think Phoenix will be kind of an intriguing deal for, you know, uh, multimillionaires, billionaires to want to take over Phoenix. Um, it's a, it's an uprising team, both WNBA and NBA. So I think that those are two good uh, teams that they're taking over and possibly Phoenix goes over to that hump and uh, possibly takes the NBA championship or WNBA championship in the next several years. Yeah, I mean, the WA team's been far more successful, but both the teams made their respective finals this year. And I Clippers was a different story because they're, you know, second fiddle in L.A. And, you know, last year, or this this year still technically, was their first ever final appearance. Um, so, I mean, Steve Ballmer's done a great job there. And one thing I've heard just on the court kind of thing with Solvers, he's been pretty cheap compared to other owners, like not willing to tax. So who knows if that's been a factor for why the piece has been so down lately. And another thing, keeping with the doom and gloom, I really hate this. But uh, Blazers, the Portland Trailblazers, their GM, Neil O'Shea, um, under investigation for workplace misconduct is how they're um, terming it. Um, you know, kind of similar to Solver, you can't be having a toxic workplace because no one's going to want to work for you. Portland's had a lot more success basketball-wise. And O'Shea, I think, has been, you know, been a good GM. Obviously, he's kept Dame Lillard there. He's kept CJ McCollum there. But you, know, you can't – you got to be the same both ways on the court and off the court, especially if you're a GM of a team. Um, I don't know. Christian, you got anything on that you want to add to? I mean, it's kind of the same boat as Sauber. You just got to watch out, I guess. I mean, yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. I kind of uh, – Blinked out for a second um, with a couple of things. But uh, you mentioned, like, Portland and stuff like that. Um, yeah, kind of a tough situation, like you said. And, um, yeah. I mean, no, I'm so sorry. I blanked out for a second. It's all good. Like, this story's been a little, un, like, less than on the newsworthiness. Yeah, especially compared to Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Don, you got anything you want to add on uh, that front with Neil O'Shea and the uh... – Portland Trailblazers. No, I mean if it's you know basically the same, the same thing. I mean, uh, I, uh, I don't really. Uh, Spence, I don't know. These are, these are kind of interesting little uh, issues that are going on, especially in one link together. Ah, uh, dude, that's. I mean, not great. Not great at all. Yeah, hopefully next week we can come back in NBA. You'll be some more positive, uplifting. Um, discuss what's going on on the court versus off the court, but we, we'll discuss everything that's going on. Um, I'll flip it this week, Dalton. We're going to race with Dalton first, and then I'll come back with the NHL because NASCAR at least um, had a very last weekend. So Dalton, the floor is yours with racing information. Okay. Um, yeah, there was the. Um... Uh, the NASCAR uh, Cup Series championship this past weekend um, between Kyle Larson 
um, Martin uh, Drew Jr., uh, Denny Hamlin, and Chase Elliott, I believe, and um, Kyle Larson won. Uh, Martin came in second, Denny Hamlin in third, uh, Chase Elliott finished out in fifth. Uh, so Kyle Larson's the champion again. Um, well deserved. I mean, he led for most of the race. So, um, congrats to him. So NASCAR is over. Uh, that was the last race. Um, F1, there was a race this past weekend in Mexico, Mexico City. Max Verstappen ended up getting the dub. Lewis Hamilton came in second. Um, let's see, the hometown hero, uh, Sergio Perez. Uh, came in third, which I'm sure the crowd in Mexico was excited to see. Um, Pierre Gasly uh, finished in fourth, and then Charles Leclerc rounding out the top five. Um, yeah, I mean, Max Verstappen's probably going to come away with Gub this year. I mean, he's got a sizable, I wouldn't say, well, kind of a sizable lead over Hamilton, but he's just on a hot streak, so. I think he keeps racing the way he is. I mean, this is, it's going to be too easy for him. Um, they got four races left, and it's safe to say that, you know, he gets top three in the next four races. It's over. So, um, yeah. Um, to the constructor standings, it's uh, the bridge between one and two is closer than it was last time we talked. Uh, Mercedes is only leading by one point now, one point exactly, uh, 478.5 to 477.5. So, you know, it's the same thing, same thing with the teams. You know, it's going to come down to that. Um, who, like, what racers can get in that top five spot. Um, I know at this past race uh, we had, if this would load, we had – two Red Bull racers in the top five. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like cross country in that instance. So with the teams, like the, you get more points if you have more racers up in that. So Lewis Hamilton being the only Mercedes guy, I mean, sure he got his team points, but you know, Red Bull just had a better, a better weekend. Um, the next race is November 14th, this Sunday, gentlemen. I believe that's this Sunday. I'm almost certain. Um, that's the Brazilian Grand Prix uh, in Sao Paulo. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, yeah, Max Verstappen is the defending champ, rightfully so. Uh, I think he'll. I think he'll probably repeat this weekend if I had to make a guess at this moment in time. But that is uh, pretty much pretty much it. Uh, Spence, back to you. All right, I got a little bit of hockey information. Hockey, you know, I'm a big fan, but some of the stuff on the ice and most um, well, more off the ice, but it does affect on play, has been disappointing. Of course, if you hear the name Blackhawks, if you've heard recently, there's been a lot of things coming out in the past. This is nothing with the past this week. Um, the team just is not that good this year. They decided to dismiss Coach Jeremy um, from the post, so they now have an interim coach. And then earlier today, the Anaheim Ducks GM, I actually saw it right before I went on. I didn't realize this. Their GM, Bob Murray, has resigned from his post. Um, apparently, he has had some problems with alcoholism lately. 
because he is entering an alcohol abuse program. So obviously, you know, anyone's facing addiction of any sort, please get because it's the world's much better with you in here and also not being addicted to whether it's alcohol, drugs, etc. So, I mean, credit to him at least for realizing, hey, you know, the first step acknowledging that you have a problem and whatnot, and now seeking the help that hopefully. Um, you know, just helps him better in his life because he's getting, he's, I think, 66 years old. So maybe NHL is not in his future, but, you know, just being a good person, being a good family person the rest of his life, that's always important. So at NHL, it's been a fun season. I'll catch every now and then. I'll catch some games. But that's all I got with the NHL. So we're going to take a quick ad break, and we got a lot to discuss in the NFL, so you will not want to miss this. Welcome back. We got a lot to discuss with the NFL, as I said before the ad break. First, I want to go back to Las Vegas. We're not yet. We're going to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, oh, don't like that reference there. I, guess. I did. I did. That was good. That was of good. course. Hey. Of course, I don't like that one. <laughs> Leaving Las Vegas. Anyway, uh, but unfortunately, it's a little solemn note here. Damon Arnett, former Ohio State Buckeye, first-round pick by the Raiders in 2020. Uh, no, it's not deja vu. The Raiders have now released a second person that was their, their only first-round. They had two first-round picks 2020. Henry Ruggs, last week we discussed that. We don't need to go anymore on that. And then Damon Arnett, who just another very, very – whoever's the character development guy in Vegas. I, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Because um, there was a video of him that surfaced where thing was he was waving a gun in the video, doing some other stuff, uh, making death threats, allegedly, in the video. He was injured this year, so I don't think he had played this year. Uh, games last year had uh, 25 total tackles, um, no interceptions. He, he was a very good player at Ohio State because he ended up going first round. But that is disappointing that the Raiders of all teams, you've now had both your first round picks from 2020 are gone. Also in 2020, forget if you may, you may have forgot this. They drafted Lynn Bolden in the third round, their third pick, the third guy they picked that year didn't even make the final roster. He got straight to Miami because he was, he obviously didn't mess with them. Um, they, they just completely whiffed in that draft. It seems, um, so we'll just see. Like, I mean, Brian Edwards was their fourth, was a, also a third round pick for them. I guess he's been having a good season. Um, but it's just been it's one thing after another. The bad news, Raiders. Um, you know, hopefully this year they draft it better and they don't have guys that get um, you know, accusations against them that go out and do stupid stuff that cost them their career. Um, it's, it's overall a bad look for the whole franchise, but also. Damon Arnett, who it seems like what he did is not nearly bad. I mean, yeah, yeah. Waving guns and making death threats are bad. You should not do that. Compared to Ruggs, this is not horrible. He, he won't play this year, I think, because he's also he's injured. Um, and you no know, one's going to touch him now. But, you know, first round picks tend to get this, um, unless you're in extreme circumstances. So, I think someday he will be back on NFL roster, just nature of the league. Once the investigation and whatnot go through, and they if they do clear him or whatever the sentences, I'm not a legal expert there, but I'll go with Dalton first. Uh, your reaction to the whole Damon Arnett story? 
Um, I don't know. Nothing. I'm not sure what to think. <laughs> I'm not sure what to think. Um, why? Well, I, I don't know. Why is it like not surprising that this comes from the Raiders organization? You know, it feels like everything bad is coming from the Raiders organization. It sounds like there's a problem in house. I'm sure these players are nice people. Don't get me wrong. They just, nah, just bad decisions, man. Just bad decisions. Um. It's just some things you cannot do. Um, of course, the NFL, these teams, I mean, they're not going to um, – I mean, there's certain scenarios for second chances, but um, there's – it's, you know, you do one wrong thing and you're already – you're either on your way out or you're almost on your way out. So, uh, or you, or like, you're already – out. Um, I mean, they'll kick you out of the league tomorrow. Um, so uh, that's pretty much my thoughts. All right. Chris, you got any additional things you want to add about Damon or Nett? Um, I mean, with Damon, I mean, like he, he's similar to our age, but he, you know, he's 25, he's 25 years of age and he's still kind of trying to grow up uh, in this world. And you know, like, and I actually did pull up the video um, myself, and I hear what he said. And, yeah, he did threaten fans because of whatever reason. You know, you know trolls. They're going to go into your DMs, talk crap about you, say you're trash, say you're all this. And, you know, a better, a better man or woman will kind of ignore that and be like, okay, that's, you know, that's them. They're like that's the only like they're trying to be they're trying to get their twenty minutes of fame and it's not gonna yeah you know, I'm not gonna waste that time for him so you know he's got to recognize that um you know you just gotta ignore some stuff and if you want to talk back talk back more professionally because you are a professional football player you are representing yourself you are representing um you know your abilities you know, for future employers, and you're also representing your team. You're representing the Las Vegas Raiders. And like don't mention, Las Vegas is not having a fun time with John Gruden, Henry Ruggs, and DeMond week by week by week. And also, they have a guard named Richie Incognito that has been in the news in the early parts of the 2010s because of bullying incidents with, um, and I hate to forget his name, I think it's Dante Martin, um, his uh, teammate back in Miami, uh, you know, bullying him because he was soft and other stuff like that. So the Raiders have not had the best character issues. We know we have known that since the seventies, eighties. They, you know, the Raiders uh, organization as a whole, wants to get the bad guys, the boys. They're the Raiders and all this stuff. Um. They got to act more professional than the other teams. It's not just 31 good teams in the Raiders. That's how it is right now. And you want to take yourself serious and try to win a Super Bowl, you got to be more professional like the other 31 teams. So for DeMond, I mean, hopefully he can grow up from this situation. Hopefully 
He'll take it as a learning point. I don't think he's going to be on the NFL team anytime soon because, yeah, you did threaten people's lives and said, I will kill you. Uh, that's not going to fold well for a team in free agency come February. So I think he'll be signed, you know, definitely more than Henry Ruggs, but uh, it's going to have to take some time to um, gain that trust again. Yeah, uh, one last bit on the Raiders. I just remember seeing this a while back. Darren Waller, arguably their best player, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, he battled substance abuse issues in uh, his younger days of his career. He actually got suspended for a whole season for the issues. Um, what I gathered now, he's recovered and not abusing drugs anymore. And he's obviously, you see how great of a player he is for that franchise. But yeah, it's a case by case basis. And like Damon Arnett, who we'll see in the future. Um, one thing that broke, you know, last week, and we were hoping this would happen today. Unfortunately, it's not. So, by that logic, November 10th, he'll probably sign November 11th at like 7 p.m. or something. Oh, no. Oh, back oh, no. He's going he's gonna to sign the second we uh, uh, end this recording. Yeah, the second we uh, agree. Yeah. But he, no, that's, earlier that's in his report, here. Odell, yeah. It said, Odell said he was taking his time, or at least reporting reports that they've confirmed time. But that this whole Odell story has been crazy this past week alone. Like it's more wild than like the Antonio Brown Raiders saga. Now, okay, that was a whole different thing. Now that I say that loud, that Raiders saga with with um, Antonio Brown was ridiculous. But this one's also weird because you know Odell Beckham, his dad puts a video out. Baker Mayfield's not targeting me. Okay, Odell. He doesn't need his dad to come back him up and go talk to Baker May put a video out there. That was just that's just yeah, he's no LeVar ball. Yeah, he's no LeVar ball here. Um then Odell gets they restructure his contract to hope someone can waive him. Um also cut back on the dead cap, which Odell did their waivers, so no one wanted him at whatever his salary was even reduced to. Um there's a report earlier today, three teams, Saints, um, Packers, and Chiefs, appear to be the three frontrunners for it, with Green Bay reportedly being the uh, number one destination for Odell Jr. I've seen, you know, several teams England's in the mix. I think if, if you have the money, well, first of all, you can just give them a minimum deal and maybe someone outbids you. All there. But I think you'd be ridiculous not to at least include Odell Beckham's services. I think he's not in New York last, last year, but he's still a very good, very happy. Um, I want to start with Christian. Uh, first, your thoughts on Odell potentially Packers, and then uh, just your but first, if you see Odell Beckham tomorrow, the sign with Green Bay Packers, you know. So there's, there's a couple of things in my head. I want to act like one of our friends, but at the same time, that wouldn't look professional. Um, I would I would welcome it. Um, I'm not, you know, I would hate the uh, the possible drama that there will be because the whole Aaron Rodgers situation with Odell and Devontae's not signed yet, and oh my gosh, like, you know, how much stuff can I cause in a locker room? Even though Devontae Adams has welcomed him uh, and be like, hey, if we get Odell, that's going to be great. And that's going to be a heck of a one-two punch uh, if if Aaron Rodgers will come back because everybody wants um, 
just wants him out of the league, wants him out of the country. Like they want no part of Aaron Rodgers anymore because of his uh, vaccination status. So, but about Odell, the whole situation in Cleveland is messy. Like you have RG three, you know, respectable backup. Um, he said, well, it's really the Browns, you know, crapping on Odell, not the other way around. And then you hear a lot of stuff saying, you know, Kevin Stefanski says Odell's not a part of the team, even though he is. You have people saying that Odell is just a pain in the butt for Baker. I mean, we'll get to this later on, but the Browns looked better without Odell than with him, which was weird. And I'll touch on that when we get to it. But, you know, Odell has had his list of either going to the Chiefs, which, you know, good luck with that because you got the whole Mahomes drama family, family drama. Don't know why I said drama family, but anyway. <laughs> um, whole chief situation. New Orleans doesn't have a quarterback, really, in Trevor Simeon. Uh, unless they try to go kick Cam or get another, you know, top free agent. Oh, you know how um, Sean Payne feels about Taysom Hill, though. So Taysom Hill yeah, can just be dropped Taysom is also hurt. But, like, Trevor Simeon is what they got right now. And uh, um, so, out of the best – out of the three choices that we have seen, Green Bay looks the best because, I mean, yes, Jordan Love did not play great. Like, Green Bay still a better team than Kansas City and New Orleans. And just in my eyes, not because I'm a homer. It's just because, A, uh-huh. the record shows. Yeah, like, the record shows they're better. And – just the offensive production is better. And defensively, I trust Green Bay just a tad bit over New Orleans because both defenses are playing very – like that's the only team that, – that's the only thing that's keeping their teams teams afloat. But if he, if he signs the second we end our recording, next <laughs> week I'll be like, yay, Odell's here. But, um, it, you know, Odell's here, Odell's here. And if he's not, he's not. Um, it's one of those situations where it's like he doesn't bring a ton in with him just because he hasn't been that same player since his early days in New York, but he's also not a trash wide receiver. I'm just – again, we all know what Odell Beckham Sr. thinks about this. But this year, six games, Odell has 17 receptions, 232 yards, and then zero touchdowns. That's this. Um, also, he hasn't been a double-digit touchdown guy since his early days in New York when he was probably the only option. I got to look at those te- rosters again, but those New York teams, it was Lily Odell and everyone else. Um, just something to think about. But again, I think he's still a good quarterback. He'll make some team very happy. Um, Don, your uh, thoughts on the whole OBJ uh, saga? Um, yeah, no, I, I totally get it. Um Baker just he I figured like this dude could, did not know who to throw to um, Odell uh, he could throw to he could throw to like anybody um, we've seen before that he works better without him um, he's a better quarterback without him um, that's that's nothing on either team it's just something it's something that happens you know some people are just better without other people um, and. In terms of, you know, with, you know, like regards to football, um, 
Like we've seen that throughout the history of the entire NFL. Um, so with that being said, I feel like Odell needs to go to an organization that has uh, some stability um, relatively uh, and had a, has had like a history of good st- uh, stability or in like recent memory. So we, by list the three teams with the Saints and the Chiefs and the Packers, these are historically have been, you know, with recent memory, st- uh, stable franchises. So as long as there's some, uh, how can I put this, um, some order, um, you know, one achievement, one team, one goal, I feel like Odell could flourish. Um yeah, I, I figure you know those three teams. Those that would be that would be good for Odell. Naturally, we've had wide receivers in the past who have signed with the Chiefs, uh, been happy there, and uh, have have had some success. Whether it's um, you know winning a Super Bowl or personal success, and um, yeah, I figure whichever team that Odell goes to, it's going to be a lot better than the situation in Cleveland, obviously. Yeah, good. Some monitor. He said be a few days. Uh, yeah, knowing our luck, like we've joked before, so when we're done recording, probably sometime tomorrow morning, we'll see. And we'll, we'll one of us will text the others. Of course, this happened today. Like it's gonna, it's inevitable to happen like that. But that's what we happens when you do a uh, news uh, news based podcast. So hmm. you live and you learn. On to week nine recaps. You know, we'll start with our favorite teams, how they did. Going in uh, chronological order, order, New England played at 1 o'clock against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, New England, they won 24-6. to Mac Jones, 12-18, uh, 139 a touchdown. Sam Darnold played, uh, but, you know, him against New, uh, New England, Bill Belichick's defense, not pretty. He threw three interceptions, including one that was pick, a pick six by J.C. Jackson. Um, second straight week of players have picked six. You know, last week Adrian Phillips did against the Chargers. This week, JC. JC had two interceptions on the game. Uh, and then Jamie Collins, line, because he knows that edge kind of like 3 4 4 3, can play either or. He's playing basically up front, and he just jumps as soon as he sees the ball thrown and uh, intercepts it there. Um, Jacoby Myers, the quest to find the end zone for a touchdown still continues. Um, one of the weirdest things, he only had one reception for eight yards. Jacoby Myers, Myers, the most receiving yards without a touchdown in NFL history. Um, it's a wild stat, but we'll see how that goes. Um, one thing I didn't realize before the game, because I didn't look into Carolina, that is Zane Gonzalez, the kicker in Carolina. He had a couple field goals, the only points for the Panthers that night or afternoon. Um. But, yeah, I mean, I, I was happy with the effort. Rodney Stevenson, 10 for 62, including two receptions for 44. Uh, Damon Harris had some great runs early. Um, my boy Brandon Bolden, who I've turned, become a very big fan of because he's been filling in nicely um, this week. On the flip side, Chris McCaffrey played his first game back, 14 uh, carries, 52 yards, four receptions, 54 yards. Um, so, he had a – you know, he had a good game, first game back from an injury. 54 yards, 52 yards, uh, 106 total, you know. So, overall, New England's 5-4 right now. They're the seventh seed in the AFC, which, as of now, seven teams with the playoffs. Very excited for that. Business is booming. They got a tough game against uh, Cleveland, but we'll get to that a little later on. 
Uh, now on to uh, Christian. I know you probably don't want to talk about this. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it at all, so I have no clue what exactly happened here. So you can tell me how um, your thoughts on like Jordan Love, uh, Green Bay's defense holding Kansas City at 13. The floor is yours. You talk whatever you want Packers-Chiefs game. So, um, you know, the Packers and Chiefs game, the final score was 13-7. to um, It was a defensive battle. It really was. And Jordan Love, his stats, you know, 19 of 34 for 190 yards, one touchdown, one pick, was sacked only once, had a QBR of 27, which is not good, and had a rating of 69. That's pretty nice, I guess. Um, the running game did well. You know, uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon did a ton for him. Um, you know, had about 99 yards, uh, you know, just just them alone. Um they did well. You know, the longest run was only 15 yards, but it kept them moving up and down the field. Uh, one big thing is special teams. Now, I am not going to be like a, uh, a friend of ours and say that they are, um, you know, I'm not going to say that word, uh, that they're not good enough. But the main difference was special teams. Mason Crosby, our kicker, was 0 for 2 in field goals. There, you know, the Chiefs kicker, um, Hardman. Oh wait, no, it was a, uh, it was Butker, uh, Harrison Butker. Uh, he made both his field goals. So, in a game like that, in a defensive struggle, who's gonna make their field goals? Who doesn't? Um, we make ours. You know, it, it can go both ways. I mean, we make both of ours. Chiefs, you know, miss theirs. We win thirteen-seven in a defensive struggle, and also. Green Bay is 6-12-1 without Aaron Rodgers since 2008. That is huge. That is a huge gap that Green Bay has to pay attention to. Like, you know, Jordan Love, this is his first game, whatnot. He should have done a lot better, especially against the Chiefs, who didn't really – he wasn't really pressured a ton. Watching that game, he wasn't pressured a ton – and, I mean, the Chiefs' defense is the Chiefs' defense. It's one of the worst defenses in the NFL. He should have had a cake day, especially, you know, all of the scouts were saying in the 2020 draft, he's the next – he's the Holmes of Mike. You know, he's one of the next better quarterbacks coming in. He should have had a field day against against Kansas City's defense. He didn't. Am I saying scrap him? No. But – what I am saying is Aaron Rodgers, if he doesn't play against this game against Seattle and Jordan Love's in there, oh, boy. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know how much Jordan can do. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. But I thought the game was fine overall. It's one of those games where it's like, well, it, it sucks. That's our first That's our first loss since week one. We're seven and two. Our entire division sucks. We're good, so we will just take take our time with this. Uh, here's a stat that I remember hearing last year, and I looked it up again just to double check that it was still accurate. Uh, but Chris, did you know that I think it's now eight straight years that the weekend of daylight savings time ending, the Packers have lost. Huh? It is a We're ridiculous thing. I did not take into account last week when I picked win. 
I didn't even know that. Holy I crap. I heard that last year on a podcast, and then I looked it up again just to double check. So I'm like, I have no idea. I remember hearing that. It's such a weird stat, and it's ridiculous that uh, they should make Green Bay's bye week next year, whatever week uh, that will be. That I would appreciate it. I would appreciate it because apparently the extra hour of sleep doesn't really help uh, Green Bay out. It seems no, it doesn't. <laughs> anyway, on to. Uh, Sunday night football, we had the Tennessee Titans without King Henry taking on the LA Rams. Uh, Dalton, the floor is yours. Tell us what happened in that game. The Tennessee Titans uh, beat my LA Rams what? Um, by a lot of points. Uh, let me just look up the score really quickly. Um, it was 28 28- to 16. Um, yeah, Tennessee's defense showed up to play. My offense did not show up to play. Um, they got away from the run early and which I hate when they when they when they do that. They get away, they get away from the run early, they get pass happy and it either goes really well or it goes really bad. In this case it went really bad. Um the empty sets, man. They went empty set for a bunch of the game, and Jeffrey Simmons and that uh, Titans secondary was feasting off of it. Um, Matthew Stafford had one interception or one touchdown, two interceptions, one being returned for a pick six. Um, Daryl Henderson only had eleven carries on the day, and um, yeah, it was not great. Um, for anybody uh, on the Rams side of things. The Titans are feeling really good about themselves, going cross-country and getting a road win, um, uh, holding the other team to only 16 points. Um, I said before the year, the team would be good, and now everything is I'm, – I'm looking like a right man. Um, I'm looking very, very right. So, uh, yeah, it seems to me like – no Derrick Henry, no problem. They'll just do other things. They can rely on their defense. Mike Vrabel's a great coach. Um, as for how I feel about my team after week nine, um, I think that we're going to be okay. Uh, we have the 49ers this week, which will probably be no walk in the park. But I hope that we can go out of or leave Santa Clara with a win. Um, we'll see, though. Uh, if they could just run the ball, run the ball a good amount of times, that would be great. Um, and then play action off of that. But, you know, whatever. They're going to do what they're going to do. Um, I'm completely okay. We're still 7-2. and two. Um, not in panic mode, per se. Um, yeah, uh, that's that's pretty pretty much it uh, with regards to this game. Um, I was watching a little bit of it, and they just uh, the Titans' defensive line just absolutely wrecked our, our, our the Rams' offensive line pretty much. So. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I don't have anything else for this game. All right. On to our, uh, you know, oh, as of now, I, also, I mean to mention this, we've gotten this far in the year. Detroit was on a bye this week, but, you know, because they're on bye, they can't get a win. So they are still the only winless team in the league. We'll continue to watch if they go 0-17 this year. Hopefully they don't, but we've seen some. We've seen Detroit go winless before, but that was the 16-game schedule. Anyway, best game and, and of also, the week. And also they drafted oh. L.A. Rams quarterback Matt Stafford with that pick. So could they pick up a future L.A. Rams quarterback? Maybe, maybe not. Well, they did. Obviously, we like they're going to oh. trade into L.A. for all the rest of the picks in the world. So True. Oh, no. True. Yeah. Something to monitor going forward. Anyway, best game of a uh, pretty – I mean, I don't know. Some of the games were probably a lot better. I just did not watch a lot of the games this week. So, my picks are very limited on what I – because I like to pick a game that I actually watched at least most of it to be able to say this was a, the best game I saw. So, I'm going Monday Night Football, Bears, Steelers, uh, Pittsburgh winning 29-27. Um, I didn't check. I don't think it was a score got me. I think that score has happened before. Uh, I know Thursday Night Football has scored. I mean, a little sidetrack there. But anyway, back to Pittsburgh, Chicago. Very good game. Um, if you remember before the draft or draft coverage, I was a bit, very big fan of Justin Fields coming out. Um, and I think he's just an electric quarterback. You know, he had a pretty good game. He is continuing to have great games. The team's just not I think it's partially due to Matt Nagy not being the right guy for the job. Um like we said, we saw Justin Herbert, great year, but a coach that couldn't execute some games ending. They get a better coach, and their team's doing a lot better now. That's just a that's a little. I'm looking a little bit in the future there. Anyway, Big Ben, he's looking a better, but it's still not a, the guy you trust, and not the guy. Um, but Najee Harris, you know his average. But I think it's due mostly to the O-line play in Pittsburgh not being the best in the world. That's just my thoughts on that. But, I mean, everyone's talking about that call late in the game where Cassius Marsh gets flagged for uh, taunting. Um, Cassius Marsh, former New England Patriot. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of his, just from some stuff he has said about my favorite team from his time there. That's a digression there. Um, it was, I think, a horrible call, honestly. I think the ref just wanted to get a little, um, you know, show up. Like, hey, I'm in charge here. And the ref appeared to have leaned into Marsh as he was leading, leaving the field and threw right after he made contact, not before. So it it definitely looked a lot bad, but I'm not going to blame the refs. I think because Chicago had a chance at the end of the game. And, uh, you know, they just did towards the end. But – I mean, you know, it was a great game, as I've said before. That's why I picked it for him. Uh, Chris Boswell, 40-yard field goal. And then the decision-making at the end of the game to send uh, the kicker for Chicago, who I'm blanking on right now. Oh, Santos. Cairo Santos. They sent him up for a 65-yard field goal. Like, I get you're down. Can uh, win you the game. That's not in his range. And it was clearly the bad decision-making there. Um, but you know, you live and you learn through Matt Nagy. Um, who knows how that affects his future? But overall, it was a great game to watch. I think the refs maybe try to show up 
affected the outcome at the end of the day. Christian, what was your game of week two or week nine? Honestly, week two, no clue. But week nine, uh, yeah, week, yeah, week two, we're going all the way back. Um, <laughs> all the records are just trash. So I could go serious, but I'm not going to go serious because I texted you guys and I said, I think I found the nicest game of the week. Yes, you heard me right. Nicest. Not the best. It was not the best game at all because it featured one of the worst teams in the NFL. The nicest game was the Buffalo Bills and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jack Michaels, I will send this to you. I'll give you a shout out because you my you my man, man. Congrats for Jacksonville winning two games in a season. They didn't do that last year. Like two games in a season. Wow. Wow, man. Just wow. Wow. Um, but no, like Buffalo didn't show up at all. And th- like this happens a lot in college and in professional where you have a team where you know, oh, we're just going to whoop them. Like you got like Alabama versus the Citadel. Uh, if y'all remember this, 2018, Alabama took on the Citadel, um, you know, in a non-conference game, obviously. And I'm pretty sure the score was like 21-14. At halftime, like the Citadel was playing a game against Alabama. And obviously in the second half, it goes to crap. Alabama wins by like 100. But <laughs> as I digress, you have this kind of pre, pre-week pre kind of like cockiness yeah. to, you, uh, to them. You know, we're the Buffalo Bills. We're the best team in the AFC you know, even though we did lose to Tennessee, we're still the baddest team on the planet. They lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, they beat a Miami team that's really bad. They should not be able to, like, and they scored nine points. That tells you how bad their offense is. Like, and, like, you know, credit to Buffalo's defense. They did the best they really could. Their offense straight up didn't show up. Josh Allen was just throwing and it's like, okay, Stephon Diggs is somewhere out there. Like, he wasn't accurate. Two interceptions. It, it wasn't a great look for him, MVP-wise. And Buffalo, I mean, right now, I'm looking at the standings. They are just one game, technically one game ahead of New England, really a half game in front of New England right now. And New England, like, Spencer, your team, it could it be better? Absolutely. I mean, you know, could have won a game against the Patriots. You know, could have won a game against the Bucks. Could have, would have, should have. But Buffalo, you have no excuses, man. You you lost to Jacksonville. You lose, a, you know, a pretty big lead against Tennessee. And then early in the season – you lose to the tree stump himself, Big Ben. Like, these games and their offense was not looking good in those games. So, even though we consider Buffalo to be the best team in the AFC, these last several weeks, no, they haven't. I mean, they did struggle you know, a little bit against Miami until the fourth quarter. So, offensively, Buffalo isn't, isn't clicking right now. So it was a nice game for Jacksonville, but at the end of the day, Buffalo, what the heck? 
Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't mention the Josh Allen versus Josh Allen uh, battle in that game. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Anyway, Dalton, you're a game of the week for week nine of the NFL season. Falcons and Saints. It's got to be my favorite game of the week. Um, Yeah, the the Falcons um, were able to beat New Orleans in New Orleans, man. The division's games, you can never trust them. And, uh, yeah, what a game. What a game. Uh, 27-25 in favor of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Chokesters. Um, the uh, Atlanta Chokers, uh, as some people call them. Um, you better watch out this week, fellas. They play the uh, Cowboys. So, in, in uh, Big D, Big Dallas. So you better watch out. Saints, uh, the the Falcons might win again. Who knows? But um, yeah, definitely, definitely my favorite game of the week for sure. All right, on to our uh, biggest surprise category. And for me, the biggest surprise was Kyle. Look, Christian said the nicest game of the week: Jacksonville, Buffalo. My surprise was there was not a single touchdown in that game. You had three field goals from Matthew Wright from Jacksonville. You had two field goals from Tyler Bass of the Bills. How no touchdown was scored in an NFL game in the year of our Lord 2021 just amazes me that not a single – like, we haven't seen a score this low in a while, I would imagine, like 3 nothing. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Matthew Wright was 3 of 4 kicking field goals. Tyler Bass, 2 of 2. Like I said, no touchdowns, so no one could get an extra point in all this game. Just one of the weirdest stat lines of a game that I've seen. And that's not even counting the Josh Allen, Josh Allen attack there. Yeah. I'll go, Dalton, your biggest surprise from um, this week or standings-wise, you know how the drill uh, For sure. Uh, Shout-out to our boy Tristan, but the Broncos beating the Cowboys by a sizable margin, 30-16. to 16. I mean, that was – I mean, that was outstanding what they did uh, versus Dallas this past weekend. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a great performance for the Broncos offensively, defensively, uh, special teams. I mean, they were able to get a field goal or two in there uh, in addition to passing, rushing. And Dallas, whew, I mean, you did not show up to play um, at all until the very end, actually. With you didn't score a touchdown until oh goodness looks like with four minutes left in the fourth quarter um, oh yeah but uh, my surprise of the week for sure uh yeah one thing so you got the Broncos today November tenth like I said we're recording today November tenth um, both Teddy Bridgewater Andrew Locke share a birthday. Bridgewater, four years older than Drew Locke. There's a little note there. Anyway, Christian, your biggest surprise from the past week? Um, Again, like any given Sunday. Like, it is so wild to me how we say this is the best team or this is a good team and all this stuff. Like, so I'm, I'm just going to read off to you like what everyone thought should have happened and what actually happened. Okay, Browns Bengals. You know, Browns kind of been struggling offensively, whole, you know, Odell stuff. 
Bengals are rolling high. Even though they lost to the Jets, they're going to bounce back, right? No, Browns win 41-16. Okay, the Chiefs' defense, I mean, they can't do a daggum thing. Can't stop a nosebleed. Washington was running up on them. Green Bay with Jordan Love, it's not going to be great, but they're going to do well. Oh, they only held Green Bay to seven points. Okay, that's shocking. All right, Dallas Cowboys, best team in the NFC, right? Um, no, they got destroyed 30 to nothing at one point. Yeah, they scored 16, but against Denver's backups. Um, you know, Saints had rolling high on the daggum uh, Tampa Bay game, division game. They got this in the bag, right? No, Atlanta Falcons win. Uh, Giants, Danny, Danny Downs can't do jack against a good team. Up, they beat the Raiders. Okay, Patriots kind of been struggling offensively. Carolina, I think they'll bounce. Uh, no. Um, Buffalo, best team in the AFC. No, they lose to Jacksonville. You know, um, and then what else? Oh, the Rams, you know, tied with Arizona, Dallas, Green Bay as the best team. Oh, they kind of got whooped in the can to Tennessee. Okay, and then, you know, Pittsburgh, they're not going to do anything against the Bears. Oh, wait, they actually did do well against the Bears. <laughs> so, any given Sunday, we have these terrible teams that we all think they're trash and they can't win, and they're going to win. And then these big teams, no one can stop. Oh, wait, they lose against, you know, you name here. So, it's just quite shocking how we don't, like, we're in our picks. I was going to say, you know, something else for uh, for that segment. But, like, we don't even know who's going to win or who's going to lose. Because even though it sounds right, it may not actually happen. Like, okay, I don't have this game on our uh, picks to preview. But Baltimore-Miami on Thursday night on a short rest. Well, Tua – wasn't Tua just recently put on IR again? Yeah, Tua is going to be limited is what I've been seeing. Okay, that's – but, yeah, it seems like Baltimore should win that game handily. But Miami, you know, they've shown that they could potentially play spoiler. And you look at the list, there's other games we can see spoiler being played. But that's uh, – we can get there when we get there. Overrated, underrated segment, you know, the drill. We pick a player who we – or player team, etc. that we think overrated, kind of stock a little down there. And underrated, you know, stock up. That's kind of the way you can look at it, too. Let's start with Christian this week on both. Uh, give me one overrated, one underrated. For, for so you. I'm going to give the underrated, and I'm going to mention Spencer's team yet again. Uh, I think the team is very underrated. I mean, we saw in the beginning, now, now we saw in free agency, Bill Belichick doesn't go after anybody. Doesn't go after anybody in free agency. Like, okay, we'll get, you know, a super old, um, oh my gosh, I just can't, uh, Randy Moss. We'll get a much older Randy Moss, whatever. We'll get an, you know, okay guy, you know, up in the blue moon, beyond branch. We'll give him, you know, a little overrated here. We'll give him a little overrated there. And a whole bunch of Walmart graders and uh, quarterback turned receivers to help Tom Brady out. But this year, after being embarrassed, after, you know, in Colin Cowherd's The Divorce, uh, Tom Brady, it shows that he, you know, he won the divorce case against Bill Belichick. And... 
you know, Bill Belichick's like, okay, we're going to sign all these defensive players. We're actually going to get Mac Jones some help. We're going to try and do something with this offensive line. And right now they're sitting at five and four. You know, so they're sitting right now at a pretty good spot. Buffalo's offense doesn't click. New England could possibly steal the division. Like, obviously, it's between Buffalo and New England because Miami and the Jets are, aren't going to do a daggum thing. But, I mean, like, Spencer, you have to be pretty pleased with how <laughs> Mac Jones is doing. I mean, you know, he's so close to having a nice completion percentage, 2,100 yards, seven in attempt. I mean, 10 and seven, does that need to be better? Yes. But I think it's still solid. It's much better than the other quarterbacks right now. The running game is, you know, doing solid. It's almost got a thousand yards right now, led by the, uh, led by uh, 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 Damian Harris. In uh, the receivers, Myers, Bourne, Aguilar, Hunter Henry, they're all doing well enough. And I mean, New England could possibly be a division leader coming to the playoffs. Super Bowl contender? That's a stretch in my eyes. But New England, very underrated. Overrated, um, I have three people. So I have Spencer Brown, Christian Ernst, and Dalton Bishop as my overrated because we we suck. Like, <laughs> we suck at picking these games. Um, hey, you want to read the overall right now? Do you want me to read the things have right now? Yes, please. I would love Do to it. Please. Okay. So, uh, Christian's in first place at 22 and 23. Uh, I'm in second with 21 and 24. And uh, Dolan's night 26. If you're not familiar, we pick five games. We'll get there in a bit. Five games a week. This week, one I got one win. Christian got two. Woo! Because um, we mostly did the same thing. Christian achieves. We all pick Packers. Both of us pick Packers. So, um, yeah, you guys, I, on, I'm bet against my team. team. Bet against yeah, your team at work. But I, I chose ourselves as overrated because we were pretty good last year. Like we knew, like who, like, who was going to win, who had an advantage, and like obviously we were wrong in some instances, and we're not perfect, we're not robots. But like <laughs> this year we suck, and the NFL, it's it's very like. Like, it's not parody. It's like we know who's going to win every single week. We don't. Like, football is one of those sports where it's like any team can lose. You have a bad read. You have one mistake. All of a sudden, the opposing team can just score like that. You know, score 7, 14, 21. can just score a bunch on you. And you're like in the second quarter like, what the heck are we going to do? So I think we're overrated just because and like please listen to our podcast. We you know, we want, you know, more people to listen. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like it's not really our fault, but like we thought we were gonna be really good at these and like we're not this year. So I decided it would be a funny little bit to um put us as like, yeah, we're overrated because we <laughs> we're not getting any of our games right for the most part. Yeah. Gambling advice from us because if you're taking yes, gambling don't. advice, <laughs> please don't. Anyway, uh, I appreciate the shout out to the three of us. Uh, always fun there. Oh, we Dalton. deserve it. Yeah, Dalton, you're overrated and underrated. So- my, 
let's see. I'm going to have to go with the Falcons as my underrated. Um, I think they're on the up and up. And I'm probably going to be wrong because I said the Raiders were like last week or two weeks ago, and they've been on the down and down. So if you're a Falcons fan and you're listening to this, um, I just spoke your team losing the next five straight games into existence. So um, the overrated – Oh, gosh. It's got to be the Texans. No, I'm just playing. Uh, Texans on a bye week? No, they're bye this week. Never mind. Yeah, 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 they play Miami. They play Miami (laughs) this week. Come on. Come on, man. Come on. I'm looking ahead, dang. Sorry. You are looking ahead. Stay in the present. Stay in the present. (laughs) Got to go with the Bengals. They uh, dropped a deuce this week. Not great. Not great at all. Um, speaks more to the Browns just absolutely beating the crap out of them. But, uh, yeah, the Bengals were not great this week, period. Um, we'll see if they can bounce back. But they were definitely overrated because I thought the Bengals were going to take care of business against the Browns, but they did not. All right. Thank you for that, Dalton. For me, mm-hmm. overrated. Um, I'm going with – if I say the team name, you won't necessarily think so. But I got – I'm going to just explain myself. Overrated, I'm going 49ers. But with a caveat that I'm specifically targeting Kyle Shanahan. Because I've seen this a lot. For This is not necessarily an original thought that I've had. But looking back and thinking about this more makes a lot of sense. If you take out that, like, Kyle Shanahan Super Bowl year with Jimmy Jean, everything right for them, he is such an awful coach win-loss-wise. This offensive genius moniker really makes no sense because they haven't really – Lance hasn't played at all this year. I mean, as a handful of snaps. Well, actually, a couple starts now that I think about it. Um, but, yeah, the, uh, the former, you know, next up-and-coming coach Kyle Shanahan overrated in terms of there. I just, I think it was CBS Sports posted on Instagram, same winning percentage as Chili, and Chico was not very good in the NFL. Um, you also just we play the Cardinals, who are without Kyler Murray, so there's not a bad quarterback, but he's a backup, and a game 22 of 26. Uh, but D, Andre Hopkins is out, AJ Green's out, like, this was game for San Francisco and didn't execute. I mean, George Kittle's the only guy on offense that could do stuff, apparently. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, I'm a big fan of. It didn't do much Sunday night. Um, and then underrated, I'm going with a division. And that is, and I said to you guys, it should be a little bit of a push, not joking about it a bit. He South right now has um, Tampa Bay 6-2. They're really Five and three, Atlanta's four and four. Atlanta's a seven seed right now, and then the NFC is so bad that the four and five Carolina Panthers are the eight seed right now in the NFC. So they're just a half game out of the playoffs. So the whole division is in the top half of the NFC conference. Well, more conference, you know what I mean. Um, so that's just what I want to mention. Um, again, division games are always unpredictable. As Dalton and Luke. Atlanta Falcons beat the Saints on a last second field goal. A lot of chaos. Rams, Piers one is getting that fifth spot. Seven could come down to 
two of three from the NFC South, the division that we thought at most was a two-two playoff team uh, division. But that's all I got to say for that segment. That wraps up Week Nine recap, and now we can look ahead to Week Ten. As I was uh, mm-hmm. a little, I had my screen on the Week Ten schedule to make sure we go in these games in chronological order. Um, you know, first game, let's go with this. The uh, Atlanta Falcons taking on the Dallas Cowboys, 1 o'clock p.m. in Jerry World, AT&T Stadium, Arlington, Texas. Um, you know, a little bit of a uh, revenge back for Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, former Atlanta Falcons head coach. I, I think we're in for a Dallas bounce back game. You know, I think the division factor helped Atlanta out last week. Um, Dallas, you know, just playing against Denver just didn't go well. I think Dak's going to be a lot better. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to be better. I think they're going to be a whole lot better uh, game planning. And, you know, Dan Quinn, he still knows a little bit about that Atlanta offense. He knows Matt Ryan. Now, Arthur Smith, different coach and whatnot. Uh, Kyle Pitts, he has never seen him because he's a rookie, obviously. But I think, you know, Dan Quinn has some knowledge of Matt Ryan, some tendencies there. That's a very underrated factor in the in this league is uh, people knowing other, um, you know. So we'll see how that does unfold because, you know, Dan, uh, Matt Ryan on the flip side probably knows Dan Quinn and his tendencies a bit. They could probably exploit him on the defensive side of the ball. So it could be being a wash, but I think that just that factor alone, I like the Cowboys over the Falcons on Sunday. Dolan, how do you see Cowboys-Falcons going down? Oh, it's going to be interesting, Spence. I think that the uh, the Cowboys are probably going to pull this one out. I got to remind myself not to switch picks every now and then, uh, especially when we get off the air. But, uh, yeah, give me the Cowboys to win. But don't be surprised if the Atlanta Falcons make it close. Uh, okay, Christian, how do you see this game going down? Um, I'm actually kind of the opposite in terms of I don't think it's going to be close. I think Dallas does kind of bounce back in this game. Uh, like Spencer mentioned, I mean, Dan Quinn, the former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, he knows a you know most of that roster. He knows that Ryan's tendencies. He knows, you know, especially, you know, with Trayvon Diggs, he knows, all right, this is the kind of coverage he can't read or – you know, he is very focused on this kind of route, this formation. This is what he kind of goes to. And, you know, and Arthur Smith, like you said, different coach, different system, everything like that. And he's, you know, he's an offensive coach when Dan was a defensive guy. But he's in Trey's ear saying, hey, you know, you got to focus on this, got to do that, and all that. Stuff. So I think Dallas actually does bounce back. Um, two embarrassing losses to teams that, you know, we in here don't think are good, like to Denver, which, I mean, we kind of thought Denver was overrated after the 3-0 and start. And then Atlanta is just kind of a roller coaster kind of team. Um, Dallas needs to bounce back because, you know, we kind of mentioned this. In September and October, Dallas looks really good. When it comes to Thanksgiving and when it comes to, you know, early December, we're like, okay, Dallas isn't anything. But this division is pretty daggum bad. Philly is very inconsistent. Washington and New York can't do jack for the most part. Like, it looks pretty bad. 
and right now, I don't know if people are paying attention to the bet. I just remembered it. Um, right now, I would owe Dalton a drink. <laughs> I would owe Dalton uh, like a drink or something, uh, depending on where New York uh, finishes, possibly. So that's great. You know, that's going to hurt my wallet. But um, yeah, Dallas needs to bounce back against Denver. Uh, against uh, Atlanta, excuse me, because Denver was so embarrassing and they were pretty much shut out until the fourth quarter. You gotta, you gotta play better and you gotta come out more aggressive against uh, a pretty, you know, bad Atlanta defense. All right. Uh, I'll pick Cowboys. So if you're a gambler, bet Atlanta because yep, that's, we're uh, probably wrong. that's how, how it's going to be. Uh, anyway, on to uh, Saints-Titans. We saw last week without a starting quarterback. Um, well, I mean, New Orleans was in the game for the most part. They took the lead with a minute to go. Atlanta just came back with a last-second field goal. Tennessee, without their star running back, uh, we saw it didn't ma- matter too much. Um, Adrian Peterson, you know, he scored a late touchdown. He wasn't even their lead back in that game. Ruby Smith, Tannehill, can adjust, but I liked uh, – offense here, you know, Tannehill's got A.J. Brown. He's still getting, uh, you know, Julio um, is on the team. Uh, A.J.'s list is questionable right now. Uh, I believe Jason Hill's trending towards possibly playing, but I think Simeon would That being said, I just like Tennessee in this game. So I'm going Titans over Saints on Sunday. I'll go Christian next. How do you see Saints going down? I mean, Tennessee is actually playing like they're the best team in the Dagum conference right now. Um, and the fact that they played well, Adrian Peterson, like, again, you know, he's 30, what, three, four years old, like possibly even older. Like, he's, you know, he's more uh, out than not. But, yes, he, he did ha- – he was 10 of 21 with a touchdown. But – he still looks like he has it. Um, and he, you know, his limited amount of reps just because he doesn't know the playbook very well. And they're trying to see who the next, you know, king could be, uh, the, you know, the prince, as you would say, to, you know, King Henry. But Tennessee played fine and more defense than offense because they only scored 28 points. They weren't tremendous on offense. But – you know, I think Tennessee still takes the game against New Orleans just because, you know, you know, even though Taysom Hill may come back uh, for New Orleans, I mean, how's their offense going to function? It's not been a great offense, even with Camara, just because, I mean, the quarterback is a major part of why that team is successful. And like I mentioned, I think Taysom Hill is a B, B-plus quarterback some days. And, you know, he has games where he's like, oh, wow, he's really good. A, a kind of games. But, I mean, you got to be consistent enough. Simeon, we see this train run in Denver, didn't do so well. You know, New Orleans, it's going to face a little bumpy ride. I say kind of, you know, don't force Taysom in there right now because it's not a lose, you know, it's not a death situation if you just back off a little bit. Uh, for the injuries, you know, standpoint. So, but I do think Tennessee does take the dub here. All right. Dalton, how do you 
see the uh, Saints and Titans going down. I think I'm going with the Titans, Joe. Uh, yep. I picked the Titans to win their division, and I'm going to ride with the Titans. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else to say there. I'm not going to reiterate what you all have already said. I'm in, I'm in complete, uh, I completely agree. Yeah. All right. Yeah. On to yeah. our third one o'clock game. There's a, a bunch of good games, I think. It's good in terms of both teams are 500 or better. This one, you got two five and four teams battling it out, um, you know, trying to fight for who can, you know, stay in that playoff spot. Um, and it's the Cleveland Browns against Mighty Patriots. Cleveland right now the nine seed, can't uh, see eight right now. So uh, this game is more or less turn that seven spot. I mean, it's, it's a five way tie right now, seven to eleven at five and four. Yeah, so two of those five teams are battling it out. Um, the game, um I'm maybe gonna be uh, my my one homer game of year because I. We're here. I think it's really a coin flip. It's a, if I think it's a coin flip, I'm not going to pick against the new one. Um, Baker Mayfield, now I think without Odell, it will be a lot smoother in Cleveland. They don't need that. There's no distraction in there. Uh, but Nick Chubb, as of today, uh, he's questionable. He had a positive test today. Now, because he, of his vaccination status, he could play if he can get it. Can get. Two negative tests, 24 hours apart. Um, and with him being possibly out, it bodes a lot better for New England. Um, even with him, I think New England's run defense is uh, pretty good, and I think they could stop him. I think Chubb's also just a beast, and Chubb would wait. But um, anyway, I got New England. I just I, – I'm this is my homer pick. Uh, crazy, but we'll You're see. Like, I picked against him a few times. At least last year I did. Um, I'll go Dalton next. How do you see Patriots and Browns going down? First of all, I just want to say this. You said call me crazy. You're crazy. Uh, now, back to my pick. I'm going to go with the Patriots. I got a hot streak <laughs> going with them, so I'm going to go ahead and pick the Patriots to win over the Browns. Now, I know how you feel. Kobe Myers get a touchdown this week. Touchdown reception. Let's clarify that. Uh, now, listen here, audience. Um, whoever may be listening. Um, I'm not normally right on these type of predictions, but this weekend I'm calling it. Jacoby Myers has down reception. Mark it down. Yeah, I, I'm going the opposite Ooh. way. I think it's going to be a more run-heavy game, and Harris probably gets maybe two touchdowns and uh, okay. one of the tight end scores. That's me. Uh, okay, hopefully okay. he gets it something. Anyway, a little side uh, side bet-ish. Do <laughs> <laughs> you see the Broncos-Patriots game going down Sunday? Broncos? Where? Browns pages. My apologies. I don't know why. I, I was gonna Broncos. say like what? I, I like am I the wrong answered. week? <laughs> am I in the wrong week? Uh, no. Uh, I was gonna say like you should uh, say Broncos. I, I screwed up here. Um, and they both start no, with they, so. Yes, that that is very shocking. Um, and you know their logos look very identical. Um, but anyway, Cleveland and New England. I'm actually gonna go to the Browns in this one. I, I gotta go. With my mom's side's fam- uh, favorite team, and I got I got to go to Cleveland Browns, baby. Um, 
I think this. I think Odell Beckham leaving, it it makes Baker not feel pressured of giving the ball to Odell. Between him and Jarvis Landry and Nick Chubb and other and David Njoku and other players uh, on their team, Baker ha- is probably in the mind like I gotta feed it to Odell or Odell's just gonna go nuts. And Odell is that diva personality that a lot of people talk about they don't want their receivers to be. That that is Odell. So, you know, with the Browns not having to worry about anything, they looked pretty daggum good against Cincinnati, who has kind of fallen from grace and back uh, back to reality. Oh, there's go there's goes gravity. Uh, I'll try to do an Eminem reference, but wow, my shoulder's dude. like, my oh, shoulder's like nah. That's crazy. Yeah, my shoulder's like, nah, you ain't doing that. Dude, did you just go over that on the fly? Dude, did you just go over that on the fly? And, uh, I, well, I mean, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, but also. The answer's yes. The yes. answer's yes. Don't second guess it my now, phone, man. We're like, nah, you ain't doing that, son. Um, yeah, well, no, I congratulations. Yep. Yeah. But I think Cleveland does take it. I think Baker has more ease with that offense because he does he doesn't have to force anything. It's just do his reads, make the right you know make the right play, and uh, hand it off to Chubb when he needs to. So I think it's gonna be a closer game, but I still uh, got Cleveland. All right, next to uh, Sunday Night Football, we got Kansas City Chiefs traveling to beautiful Las Vegas. To take on the Las Vegas Raiders, um, according to ESPN via Vivid Seats, tickets as low as $242 if you're interested in flying to Vegas for the game. I don't know why I just did like super like announcer voice there, but anyway. Uh, you can have your seats. <laughs> anyway, uh, both teams coming off a very dreadful office performance where Kansas City, you know, put up 13 points in a win. Las Vegas, 16 points, but they lost it. Um, I don't think we'll see some bad offense performances here. Um, I think we'll get back. You know, Kansas City's defense, we keep saying it, it's not very good. And Derek Carr, he's been a very good quarterback this year. And it seems like New York was just a, uh, a, a, a just an abysmal game. And you know what? Give me the Raiders here. They're playing at home. Kansas City, they've lost. They lost to the Chargers already in the division game. Um, I do think it will be close, though. But I think Mahomes, with how poor he's been playing, uh, you know, he's 10 interceptions. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he, he, was, he was leading the league at one point. He might still be leading the league. I can double-check that. Um, I think Carr, he doesn't turn – I mean, it looks a lot worse when you see 13 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. But he's not going to force bad turnovers, it seems. And, like I said, they're playing in front of their home crowd. And I can't say, obviously, very good team. But, you know, give me the Raiders in this game here. Dolan, I know you have been a very big fan of Patrick Mahomes. More so, I mean, you must not be a fan of, obviously, but more so than everyone else here. What are you next? How do you see Chiefs and Raiders going down? Yeah, divisional matchups are always tough to predict. I'm sounding like Spencey over here for a minute. But um, I'm going to pick the Chiefs this week to uh, keep it rolling. All right. Christian, how do you see the taking on? How do you see that game uh, going? So, did you go Kansas City, Dalton? Did I what? Who did you go for? I picked the Chiefs. 
You picked the Chiefs, and then Spencer picked the Raiders. No, 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 he picked the Chiefs too. I picked oh, the Raiders. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, what? I'm in the Twilight Zone. Um, yeah, I just want to mess with Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, and again, like I'm busy with some with some stuff, so I'm not. Yeah, I'm know. in and out. I'm in yeah. and out right now. But in and out, uh, I get it, bro. I get it. I get it. Yep, yep. in and out, and in. In and out, burger. Uh, We're not sponsored by them. <laughs> we are not. So anyway. Uh, I am going to go the Las Vegas Raiders in this. Every single time we've seen this in a primetime game, it's been a very close game. Kansas City's defense in the last couple games that we've seen in primetime, especially Angry Carr, um, if you guys remember that meme, uh, just Angry Derek Carr uh, is just mood uh, with my job right now. But I think Las Vegas uh, takes this game just because Chiefs defense, even though they allowed – uh, the Jordan Love led uh, Packers to seven points. It could have been uh, much worse if Aaron Rodgers was at the helm, in my opinion. But I think Las Vegas knows that, like, we can be better than the Dagum Chiefs. We can be in front and you know have a tiebreaker around them. I think Las Vegas has more of an edge. You know, even though the whole media with – Bad players, rugs, and uh, DeMond are still kind of on their conscience. Um, I still think the Raiders are going to overcome that, and they're going to take the dub when they play uh, Kansas City this Sunday. All right. Uh, I'd like to go chronologically, but I wrote these down this order because I wasn't sure what to pick for our fifth game. And I'm going with this one anyway. I really wanted to wait to see what the stats were for both teams' quarterbacks. Seahawks Packers, you know, Russell has announced that he is coming back. I believe that Chris Carson has been practicing now, so the 21-day window is open for him to possibly come off IR. Um, he's still not cleared yet to play the game. Aaron Rodgers could be cleared on Saturday because um, that will be after 10 days. Uh, he first tested positive. I believe he also needs to test negative, if I'm not mistaken on that. Uh, so he could play Sunday, but if he does play Sunday, that would be with no practice time in a week and a half, which um, I don't know about you, but I feel like you need to have practice, at least be in the meeting rooms uh, virtually or whatever to get the game plan and know what to attack. And Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. That it may not be necessarily anything. I just know I have seen athletes, specifically in the where they've had trouble, you know, breathing and whatnot when they've recovered from COVID. So just something to watch out for. Russell Wilson, obviously, you know, thumb injury, uh, finger, broken finger, escape finger, something around that. Uh, but anyway, let's you pick this how you guys see fit. And obviously, if information changes, you can obviously just text saying, "Hey, I'm just gonna pick." Regardless of if it's Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers, I think just having Russell Wilson back in the huddle is going to motivate Seattle. You just know that 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 whole franchise they love Russell Wilson, and he means a lot. And you love him or hate him, there was so that he had when Geno just did not too late, and um, you know, unfortunately that cost them. Now his last game they played the Jaguars and they won. So, I'm excited to see Russell Wilson back. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. And I think he can exploit Green Bay's defense in a way that Mahomes somehow was not able to exploit. Mahomes only put up 13 points. Um, it's a miracle they won that one. But Russell Wilson being back, 
Even though it's his first game back and you can say, hey, he needs uh, more time to adjust, you just can't measure heart. And um, and just how much he, his toughness matters to that team. So I'm going Seattle. Dalton, I'll go to you next, and then we'll finish off with Christian. I should have gone Christian first, but uh, I got enough. Save, save the best for last. Save the best for last. Yeah, we'll save the best for last. Yeah. You get the inside knowledge on everything with Green Bay, so the I'll go Dalton now. Scoop. Uh, Dalton, how do you see Seattle Green Bay going down? Yeah, whether the, the two starting quarterbacks play or not, I think this is uh, – I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. I think it's going to come down to defense probably. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the Packers to win this game because I don't trust yet. All right, fair enough. Uh, Christian, your overall takeaways from this game first and then your pick. Um, so let's just say that, um, for argument's sake, both starting quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson play. I think this game, I still think this game is very close. I still, I would give it more to Green Bay. Um, but just overall standpoint of what the team could be now. Um, so right now, you know, Russ, it looks more than likely he's going to start. And right now, with all the COVID stuff, Jordan Love may start for Green Bay. Um, if that happens, and again, Seattle's three and five, yes, but with Geno Smith at the helm, they're one and two, but it's not a bad one and two. Like Pitt, they were in. New Orleans, they were in. Jacksonville is Jacksonville, besides just the Buffalo Bills, but. Like it's not a big, not a big team. You got to really, you know, they won by twenty four pretty easily. So Seattle's been in a lot of their games. They've done well enough to try and stay afloat, even though Arizona and LA are probably going to take it. Seattle could possibly try and fight for a wild card spot towards the end of the year when they play Washington, San Fran, Houston, Chicago, Detroit, uh, the Cardinals game. Is you know both Cardinals games are going to be very tough, but they can still try and compete for that wild card spot. You know, possibly. Um, as the case right now with Jordan Love starting, not Aaron Rodgers, I would go Seattle. Um, I like how every single time I go against my team, uh, for the most part, I'm right or you know I'm right or I'm wrong. It's it's one or the other. Really? Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I said I that. Like, I'm right, right, right. I'm like, yeah, no, you know, crap. Christian, good job. <laughs> gotcha. yeah, I mean, I'm either right or wrong. wrong on these things. Did, um, did you know you could be right or wrong? I don't yeah, know. I could be, okay. I can be right or wrong uh, in a 50-50 team versus out. team uh, thing. So that was very smart of me. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But the, these last two games I picked against them. Uh, and they both, you know, kind of proved me right and wrong because Arizona, we like because AJ Green didn't have AJ and Kyler weren't on the same page. Green Bay got the win, a game game winning interception in the end zone, uh, picking the Chiefs just because Jordan Love's an experience and just Kansas City's going to go after him. That's kind of what they did, and their defense shut him down. So I think just because Jordan Love is inexperienced and Seattle's is a little more uh, blitz heavy, I think Seattle is going to get to Jordan Love possibly more, and I think Seattle's going to take the dub. All right. So uh, 
Again, if you're scoring at home, if you're a gambler, pick the Browns, pick the Falcons, pick the Saints, pick the uh, Chiefs, and pick the Packers. Because, um, you know, our it's usually the inverse. We'll probably have another poor week of picking. Yep. But um, there's our picks. We've been wrong more than we've been right this year, unfortunately. Um, so we'll see how this week unfolds. It's been a while week, but, you know, we'll be back next week with some more NFL news and notes. And um, anyway, thanks again for tuning in for Out of Bounds. As always, if you're not already, uh, follow us, subscribe, whatever uh, podcast service you use. Uh, you know, sharing the podcast helps grow this a lot more. Uh, we always love uh, any feedback you can, so feel free to give us that. This is uh, I'm Spencer Brown. I'm Dalton Bishop. And I'm Christian Ernst. So um, for all of us here, we're signing off for a new episode, but thanks for listening.